All right, 34 past the hour, back in a Wednesday, and time for a weekly check-in with the doctor. Here's Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher and family physician who joins us at this time each and every week. Hey there, Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. Okay, we're going to start with the extension of COVID border measures for another month. This just uh, announced airport officials had been asking for their removal to try and help with, uh, we've all seen this in the news, passenger processing at airports. Uh, With caseloads down, COVID caseloads down, did the measures, did they need to be extended, do you think, Dr. Gorfinkel? It's debatable if they do or not. As Dr. Teresa Tam, Canada's health, top health doctor has pointed out, it's a serious problem because Omicron is far more transmissible. Two doses are only 50% protective at best for one to two months against mild cases. Vaccination really doesn't do a lot to prevent transmissibility of the disease. So those are the arguments that would favor a loosening of measures. You know, consider the waits that are now happening. There are waits on the plane because the airports are so filled with people. Add that to waits at customs. There's waits with, you know, just when you're getting the luggage and waits again when you're leaving the airport. Of course, Pearson has been especially hard hit because that's Canada's largest airport. But imagine the harms that are accruing because of that. Not everybody is wearing their mask as they should, as we know. There are other viruses. There's certainly that uptick in influenza that Canada is now seeing. So there's a lot of reasons why we should consider reducing those expectations. Consider, too, that mask mandates in healthcare settings, this isn't a well-known factoid, but it's true. They're expected to end in healthcare settings on Saturday, June 11th. Now, it'll be up to the individual hospital and long-term care to decide what they want to do with that. But there is an argument to be made against their regular use. Am I favoring it? I think people at high risk need to wear masks at all times. I don't think that should change. And I'm concerned about what, you know, what the fall may bring, especially. Mm, that is interesting. Something I have not uh, heard. You're right. That is an interesting factoid. So middle of this month, we're looking at uh, hospitals dropping, I guess, COVID restrictions, but uh, they will remain in place, these protocols in the airport, until the end of the month. Well, the mask mandates that. The difference is it's up to the individual institution in healthcare, whether it's long-term care or the individual hospital to decide, are they going to carry on with the mask mandates? Now, the institution may decide otherwise, but the mandates end. All right, meantime, I want to talk about the latest when it comes to COVID vaccine for kids, because we're hearing from Pfizer and Biotech that a three-dose COVID vaccine produces a strong immune response in children ages six months to uh, five years. What more can you tell us about this, Dr. Gorfinkel? So the trial involved some 1,700 kids, and they were given the third dose at a time that Omicron dominated. And that's unique to the research because much of the research had been done pre-Omicron. So this matters a lot. And their mid-trial results, emphasis on the word preliminary mid-trial, that means halfway through, showed it was about 80% effective. So, so far, that's good news. And in addition, there were no safety signals in the trial. So that's pretty exciting as well. So what is this this Pfizer vaccine? Well, it, it is made up, the third doses, they're all made up of three micrograms. In other words, that's one-tenth of the adult dose. 
And what we've seen previously in 5 to 11-year-olds is that two doses simply was not enough to prevent disease. This is the New York data. That's what they found. So this is exciting that the third dose looks promising. But the question is, lots of questions remain. How long is that immunity going to last? Where's the beef? The real-world data, of course, we have to start somewhere. This trial is relatively small. And as I say, the New York data wasn't exactly promising, but what we hope is that third dose, if in fact the vaccine, getting fully vaccinated means three doses, this could be a game changer, especially because kids really don't have an option as yet. All right, let's move from COVID to the latest on monkeypox. And now the World Health Organization, they're reporting more than 550 cases of monkeypox right around the world, actually in 30 different countries. Uh, What does that tell us about where we are right now when it comes to this virus? This is such a unique signal, simply because we're seeing cases in several countries that are completely unrelated. These are countries far from one another. So this is unprecedented. The number of cases has nearly doubled. But on the other hand, it is at this point just over 500 cases confirmed worldwide in our population of billions and billions of people. But even so, this shows that this particular virus is able to spread. We don't know what's driving that spread. Is it because the virus has mutated? There is concern that animals could get infected and act as a reservoir. And this is so interesting. What does the UK say about this? Well, last week they said, let's isolate animals, especially pets, because what do the pets do? We walk them outdoors where they have contact potentially with other animals. So the fear is, could animals get infected? And that acts as a larger reservoir. And of course, there's questions too about what that will mean to young children, to pregnant women, to the immunosuppressed. You know, who are going to be the highest risk should this disease spread? Because at that rate, that is a concerning level of spread, doubled in the space of just a week. But there are a lot of differences between this virus and the novel coronavirus. It's not the shapeshifter that the novel coronavirus is, and it certainly doesn't infect the same number of people. It's not nearly as contagious. You got somebody with Omicron, they're going to infect 12 people. If you got somebody with monkeypox, they infect less than one. So those are crucial differences. And also people who have monkeypox have the rash. That's when they're contagious. So we know there's no asymptomatic spread, at least not that we know of as yet. All right. But these numbers, again, more than 550 cases uh, now in 30 different countries, as you mentioned, it's uh, doubled essentially uh, in a week. So does this tell us that uh, this virus, it's been around longer than it's been in the news uh, headlines circulating? And do we, I hear what you just uh, said there, but uh, is there a level of concern that this uh, could indeed uh, increase? Well, I think it's safe to say the numbers will increase. But the question is, is it going to become another pandemic? I think that's highly, highly doubtful. Was I right about COVID-19? No, I was wrong. And so were most health experts when we tried to guess would COVID-19 become the next pandemic. That said, The monkeypox virus does not appear to be nearly as contagious. It takes close contacts. It's spread by large droplet. Is it sexual contact? We don't even know that for sure as yet. We know that it's close contact, but it's not a highly transmissible virus as the novel coronavirus. 
All right, we got to take a break. When we come back with uh, Dr. Gore Finkel, we are going to talk about, uh, of course, another big uh, medical uh, headline, uh, BC deciding to decriminalize the possession of small amounts of uh, hard drugs. We'll talk to Dr. Gore Finkel about that when we come back after this break here in the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 